I I do want to know a joke that you're that that Colton has told you. Actually, this is Austin. Austin oh. is the is my four year old nephew. Okay. And um, his favorite joke right now is kind of a visual joke. Okay. So if you're watching us on YouTube, you'll get this joke. If you're listening on on just audio podcasts, it might not be the best joke. Okay. It might not be the best joke anyway because a four year old made it up. But anyways, all right. So um, who are you? What's your name? You have to say your name. What's your name? This is a good joke so far. I, re- <laughs> I really like it. It's very cerebral. Right. Like I feel I- I'm trying to figure out like who who am I? What is my okay, let's start over. I'm sorry. I'll take it seriously. <laughs> All right. <laughs> What's your name? Eric. What's this? That's your nose. What's in my hands? Air. Or what else is there? Palms, Adams, Air. You're supposed to no, say I, nothing. Oh, nothing, nothing. Then he says, "Eric knows nothing." Uh, phenomenal joke. And he thinks that's really funny. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> goodness hello friends you are listening to same team y'all this is a fortnightly podcast where two librarian best friends chat about what fill their hearts with love and their heads with wisdom my name's eric (laughs) my name is tess and did you know tess that regardless of our different beliefs opinions any other differences we have that you're not going to believe this that we're all on the same team. <laughs> I do believe it, actually. <laughs> oh, that'd be so funny if you're like, no, I've been conning you the whole time. Uh, welcome to the judgment zone. Judgment-free zone of no judging. Don't judge me for getting that wrong. Uh, <laughs> Tess, we did it. We we Well, the reason I said to listeners we did it is we had a, a fun scheduling adventure where we were going to record and then not record and then we were like let's record on mother's day and then i was like yeah that's a great idea i hate moms and then we were like let's record now and here we are well we were gonna record yesterday but then i was in a funk yeah sometimes you're gonna be in a funk i was in a funk and i didn't want to record oh man is that is that the funk face i was in a funk but today i'm feeling less funky so Some, it's all good. Well, we we've always had kind of a role of like, hey, like we don't want to force it, right? We're all here to have fun. And guys, you're not going to believe this, but there are some days when I'm not the best or the biggest fan of humanity. You know, I mean, it happens. We're all humans, unfortunately, and <laughs> and sometimes that's how it is. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes people don't live up to your expectations and you feel disappointed and then you might find yourself in a funk. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it's all good. Yeah. Are you out? Well, I mean, you can stay in your funk if you want. I feel, I feel genuinely less funky today. I had a pretty good day today. Yesterday I had not 
I didn't have a good day, but today was a pretty good day. I got to help some people at the library and I feel like that kind of got, I was real busy and productive and I feel like it got me out of the funk. Yeah. Sometimes that's how it works. Right. That's great. Um, I checked our, um, Oh, I left my phone downstairs. I was going to read a text that a friend sent to me about the podcast. I will save that text for next time. So that's okay. a, that's a cliffhanger because right. my phone's all the way, all the way downstairs. Um, Tess, do you have a quote for us in I this do. episode? I do. I have an inspirational quote. So Eric, this week, the MLA DLA virtual conference is happening that's the Maryland Library Association and the Delaware Library Association, which have a joint conference every year. And for the past couple of years, it's been virtual due to COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been going on lately. I want to give a shout out to Morgan Binnix, who was in one of my sessions the other day. No. Yeah, I got to virtually meet Morgan Binnix. The you notorious. Got, no. You got- you got to meet Morgan Binnix. I did. I did. I know you're jealous. Um, she even like gave me her email address and we might be like, I might help her plan a program. It's been really cool. But I was in a session and somebody uh, quoted Shakespeare in the session. And I really liked the quote. And this is it. I believe it's from Hamlet. I might know what this is. I could be wrong. I might be. Maybe. Okay. There is nothing good or bad, but thinking makes it so. You're aware of this quote? I found that quote. Well, doesn't take it away from how great it is. I mean, <laughs> it is super profound. Uh, I have I found that quote on the bottom of some tea cap, like a tea cap. Uh-huh, yeah. Like that comes off the top of it. And it's been taped to my computer monitor at work, probably for five years or something. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. even know that. Yeah, yeah. It's been, well... It was at my old computer and then I moved it to my new computer. And uh, no, it is a, it's a good one, right? Because it's true, right? Yeah, I I really liked that very much encapsulates this idea that you and I have talked about a lot that like, you have thoughts, you have feelings, uh, none of it's right or wrong or good or bad. It's really the story that we tell ourselves that makes it feel good or bad or whatever like my funk yesterday I felt like it was bad for me to be in a Mm -hmm. funk and I was feeling negative but really it just it is what it was you know it's just the day that I had and the interactions I had just kind of led me into this mood and there wasn't really anything wrong with it um and I feel like when I'm in the funk I feel like it's bad. And then when I'm out of it, I can feel like more forgiveness for myself. So I just thought that was a real interesting quote for this fortnight. No, I love it. And I I think it's a great quote just because I think you're right. We often are bringing up that same idea on the podcast. And also I think that it's important to keep in mind because it's, if you don't label things that way, then I don't know, it kind of takes away the sting, right? Here, here's a, a real quick example is like Freya going to school. So Freya's going to school in person, which is very exciting. Um, and by the way, they, they notified us, the, uh, the school just notified us, seeing if we would be interested in her going to school in person every week, not just every other week. I guess they're starting to slowly, not all kiddos, but just some kiddos. So that'd be really cool if she can. But anyway, she goes to school. She has to wear a mask and keep her distance. And um, talking to other parents 
uh, they're like, oh man, that's so sad, right? Because they got to wear a mask and they got to keep their distance. And it's different from uh, what I remember school like. And I thought it would be like this, but you know what, to Freya, it's not sad. To her, it's what you do when you go to school. She has no clue, you know? And that's not to say she should think it's sad. No, it's, it is school and it is what it is now, you know? And I don't know, I think you're right. Like labeling the things good or bad, I think it's something that we might automatically do, you know? But once we notice it, that's when, in theory, you can stop the cycle at least at one time. Yeah. Yep. Phenomenal, Tess. Thanks. I got my soundboard like behind the mic. That's why if, if we have anyone like watching, by the way, uh, we are on, if you go to same team y'all on YouTube, you can see our, uh, that wonderful visual joke from Tess that I kind of messed up. You can see the evolution of our dancing yes. during the opening music. I feel like it's gotten more and more interpretational as we move along. Mine is less actual dancing and more just like, um, like almost like I'm expressing deep agony from within my rib cage. Yeah, it's an art form, truly. It, it is. Um, speaking of art form, uh, let's talk about some stuff we love. <laughs> this is the stuff that we love. We love. This is the stuff that we love. We love it so much. This is the stuff that we love so much. Yeah. I, re I really like making you laugh, Tess. <laughs> Eric, tell me about some stuff you've been loving this past So you have a choice. Um, I've got one that might be, it's what I call a complicated love. My first oh. complicated love. Because normally my loves are pretty straightforward. Like, oh, I love yeah. this with all of my heart. And this was more like, my brain's like, do you love this? And my heart's like, I don't know if I love uh, Anyway, it doesn't matter. So I've got a longer one, potentially longer one, and then a shorter one. Which one would you like first? I want to hear the long one first. I want to hear this complicated love. That well, have. it's complicated because, so anyway, have you heard of a book called um, The 5 AM Club by Robin Sharma? No. So it is essentially what I would classify as a self-help book, as we have many in the section in our library. In fact, one day we will have our own memorial <laughs> wing of the library for self-help books because it looks like <laughs> humans, we need a lot of help and we would yeah. really like to be able to do it ourselves. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, the book generally uh, kind of like lays out this way of, of starting our morning and 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 planning your day. But what is interesting about this book is most self-help books are strictly nonfiction as in your reading. A person is telling you these are things you should do, right? Um, for example, I've read a lot of books about meditation. So they're usually like, this is how you should meditate and this is why I think it's a great idea and this is more stuff. Well, this is actually the first I've ever read a self-help book that's written like a fiction novel. So it's like, it's like some characters meet at like a conference and then they meet another character and then, and then they're learning the lessons that I'm learning through this character, which is an interesting idea. And this is where it comes complicated. I've never, I don't think Tess, you're, you're never going to, I don't think you've ever heard me say this before. And this is, we're in the zone of no judging. So I'm going to say this real quick and then I'm going to redact it looking at it from the perspective of like, this is a story, which I feel like is what, what the author wants me to do, you know, which is an interesting way of, of, of teaching me the, 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 the tenets of this book. 
um, leads me to expect it will be a good story. Um, but it is, I know it is, it, it's, it was, di- so I listened to it and it was, it, okay, this is the phrase real quick. Um, bad writing. That's the first time I've ever said that, but it is very much. So once I figured out how to get over it, like if I look at it, like this is just a vehicle for these tenants. Like I'm not meant to really care. Like if they get married, like there's like a love and I'm like, what's going on here? Why are they in, you know, when you're like, why are they in love? And like, and there's kind of like a murder mystery and you're like, why is there a murder mystery? Just tell me why I should be getting up at 5 a.m. And, and anyway, it's, and, and then there's like this weird, just, this is real quick. This is, you know, this is uncharacteristic of me, right? Like this kind of like, kind of, I don't want to say I'm trashing this book, but like, there's like this weird thing where one of the characters might have magic and might not. And, and here's, here's a good example of, of a statement where one character called the billionaire is addressing two other characters called the entrepreneur and the artist. They don't have names, which makes me accept that it's like a parable a little bit more. He, uh, he's explaining something. And then the artist goes, wow, you are completely redesigning the way I think about my efficiency. And another one's like, yeah. And the entrepreneur continues and she goes, can you please tell us more as she scribbled furiously in her notebook? And they'd be like, I cannot believe this is some truly profound wisdom. Anyway, so that's the complicated part. Yeah. But this is where the love comes in. So I was like, okay, let me keep listening, right? I was like, I'm on my way home. I, I My choice is, well, I mean, I, I guess I could listen to anything, anything in the world, Robin Sharma, but I decided to keep listening to this book. And I was like, okay, okay, I see what you're saying here. And I haven't even gotten to like the point of the book yet. And I was like, the way it's being delivered might be in a way that isn't ideal. Like it would have, if it was written, not to be like a, a jerk, but if it was written well, it could have been a killer idea. Like it's such a cool idea. Like this weird, like, oh, you're going to tell me a story and then secretly teach me how to do this thing. It just, it just isn't, unfortunately. Um, but then the actual points are killer. So here's the 5 a.m. club. You ready? Okay. Step one. Oh, here, wait. <clears throat> this is, and it, they, they, there is very like, um, uh, um, what's the word? Like motivational speaking kind of, because I think that's what like Robin Sharma does, like these motiv- ma- motivational talks and he, he works with billionaires and royalty and okay. So I'm getting past all my, my biases about like the bio, right? This beautiful man who's telling me these things. But then I was like, okay. So this is what constantly comes up in the book because they're, I don't want to say hypnotizing me, but they're trying to not indoctrinate. These are both negative phrases. (laughs) Yeah, but they are. They're trying to be like, this is the thing, but this is, you ready? Oh, okay. Own your morning. Elevate your life. How does that sound? Take. It sounds, it sounds promising. Take your craft. Take your craft to the level of legendary and become a hero of your own story by following the 202020 method and joining the 5 a.m. club. Look at you. Okay, so here it is in a nutshell. You get up at five, first 20 minutes, you do some vigorous activity, a workout or something. Okay. Doesn't matter what it is, you gotta sweat because sweating releases the, give me science reasons why it's good. (laughs) Next 20 minutes, you spend reflecting. Could be meditation. You just sit. Basically, you're not exercising. You just sit and chill. No technology. 
you're just chilling get your notepad out and i guess the idea is now like you've worked up your brain and now you're not doing a thing and now your brain's going to crazy places last 20 minutes of your victory hour the magic hour between five and six where you make your dream reality actuality anyway the last 20 minutes is then you spend that 20 minutes learning something so listening to an informational podcast taking a class online something like that you know um and then after that then there's all kinds of other stuff like it's one of those kind of books that there's like all kinds of um charts and graphs and infographics to show things why why do i have to do it at 5 a.m great question so they say in theory, and real quick, Tess, because you know I can't hear myself. I, am I being too loud on the mic or am I good? No, no. Okay, you're okay. I'm not like clipping out. No. Okay. Um, they say so. You might be in a different situation because you don't have kids, but and in theory, I, I don't want to make any. I mean, I think the idea they say five. Okay, so there are a couple reasons. Here, wait. One is typically that victory hour is before other people are awake, probably. So you, because the key part is also your solitude. The idea is, so two things. One, no technology. So don't don't wake up and get your phone out. Um, two is you're by yourself um, for that hour doing these things. Um, and then actually, I think another reason too is it's difficult to get up at five. So you start your day with a difficult thing and and you've like, you start your day with a success, you know? Okay. Um, and then they kind of like build. And then there's a lot of other, um, he has other like the, I don't know, the the four mindsets of, you know, they use a lot, they use the word productivity, craft, efficiency a lot. And I, I'm a kind of guy where I look at that kind of stuff and I'm like, I can see between the lines. I was like, okay. And they say like, guys, money isn't everything, said the billionaire as he got on his yacht. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I get it. I get it. You know, um, but just that general framework um, for me anyway has, and so I am day seven of the 5 a.m. club, not to brag. Ooh. They they say you're supposed to go at least 60 straight days or 66 straight days because, you know, I don't know. They gave some reason about after 66, it's, it's easier to run the 5 a.m. method than to not or something. I don't know, but I'm seven days in. And I'll tell you right now, it's been working for me. It's been working really well. And I'll tell you why real quick. And tell me if this is going on too long because I can wrap it up. But I'll tell you why. This is the trick. Because normally I would get up later and I get up and I, the second I get up, I'm 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 doing, I'm getting dressed, I'm getting shower, I'm getting Freya. And usually if I w I'm waking up with Freya, Freya's waking me up. So I'm instantly dad mode, instantly trying to get my breakfast going, trying to get this, I'm trying to head out the door, I'm running late, right? And then I get home and I'm burnt out, which, you know, it happens. And then I stay up late watching TV, right? I mean, that's pretty much ever. And then I get to sleep at, I don't know, 11.30, 12, watching episodes of Frasier. And then I, uh, and then I repeat the whole process. So the 5am club for me, not only has it given me like a, 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 there's another part to it, this, this structure, but it shifts that whole schedule and it just moves it forward in time about two hours. So like in the morning, I basically have five till seven before Freya wakes up. So I've got like a bonus hour, essentially. I've got six to seven as well. And then for it to work, 
you got to go to bed earlier, right? You know? So, but if you're constantly getting up at that time, your body just kind of naturally goes to sleep a little bit earlier, as long as you don't turn Frasier on, you know, or you say one Frasier or something like that. So that's helped me. And then the other thing is that run in the morning. So I usually go for a 20 minute run, which I don't run quick. That's about a mile and a half. And I think another trick is it's eat for me anyway. Like I would be like, oh, I want to get up and run for 30 minutes. And I get up in the morning and I'd be like, I don't feel like running for 30 minutes. And so, you know what? The whole week goes by and I didn't run once, but you know, what's better than not running once running for 20 minutes, you know? And, and so I found like something about that number 20. I'm like, oh man, I don't feel like getting up and running, but it's only 20. It's less than an upset of Frasier, you know? Yeah. I mean, really, you know, and something about that difference and a part of my brain could be like, well, I could run 30 and that's even better. And then part of me is like, well, what's better running 20 or running zero? The answer is 20, you know? And, um, and then this is the last bit, you know, you know, I'm into meditating, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. And, and, and not just meditating, like traditional, like my eyes are closed and all that, but like just zenning out looking, just spending time looking and sitting after that run and then you just like sit and I prop my back up against my stoop Tess, that's where the ideas come I bring my notebook and I write and, and when I say ideas I don't mean just like you know like remember my breakthrough I texted you about this morning yes not just that was a big one that's a big boy but even little ones where I was like uh here's a quick example a typical problem I have is Tuesday nights are my evening so I work until um I work until eight no, give me one second. Oh, I work until nine. Sorry, the library closes at eight and then we leave at nine. And then I've got an hour and I get home at 10. And then usually I'm up for a while and then I go to sleep. And then guess what? The next morning I stay up really exhausted. There's a cycle I've had for a year now, right? What am I going to do? There's no way to solve it. How do I fix it? I'm laying up against this post after just, you know, quick 20 minute run. My brain is just like, not on fire. It's just like, it's another it's another level, man. It's another level. And I sit there and I go, okay. Cause I take melatonin sometimes to get to sleep. And I was like, you know what I do halfway on my way home, pop that melatonin in my mouth. Why wait till I get home? And my, I usually have tea, like a nice chamomile. I was like, brew that sucker at work, baby. Drink that tea on your way into, on your way home. Why wait till I get home, you know, do it. And then I get home and then and then like, I've already started the sleepy time process, such a simple thing, but you know what I I never thought of it before, you know, and there's probably like four or five little things like that. I was like, why don't I just do it that way? Like, I was like, why don't I get a pair of earbuds for my work bag and my workout drawer? So I don't have to constantly get the earbuds out of my work bag. And I was like, why have I never thought of that? Why? You know? And it's like something about that, this something about the combination of getting up that early, going for that run and immediately, cause it's, it's, it's not just like 20 minutes of running and then like five minutes of it's 20 minutes of, nothing so it's like 20 minutes of doing 20 minutes of nothing like my brain's like Gah -gah. and then after that then i started taking a an it's a free course to our library a poetry course then 20 minutes of boom i'm learning poetry baby and then what i do then what i do tess is at six to seven for me it's time I've put away to master my craft. That's when I sit down and I start working on my poetry, like for real, or my book, or you know how I'm like, I got all these ideas and I'm like, yeah. pick one, pick one and do it, you know? And it's not like I'm going to be like, tomorrow's my book, but guess what? An hour, or even let's say, you know, let's say Freya gets up early, let's say 30 minutes, 30 minutes a day. That's a lot better than zero 
zero minutes in six months, right? You know what I mean? Tess, I know it's not for everyone. It's literally, I mean, I'm one weekend. Let's see what happens. Changed my life. There was a day I went for a run. I did this whole system. And then I was like, I got time until I need to go to work. And then I drove to Sport Rock and I did some climbing and got to work because I was so early. Like it was like the world stood still. The world was, the world was still, I could do anything. It's intriguing. It's certainly intriguing. I will say when you were talking about popping melatonin in your car though, that gives me anxiety. Cause like, what if you hit a traffic, a traffic yeah. jam and now you're like falling asleep in your car? Yeah. <laughs> Are you like pot- Probably not a good idea, but I do know for me anyway, that like, so I usually go like when I've got 20 minutes from home, and for me, when I pop it, it doesn't really kick in for an hour. Like just because oh, okay. I've been, yeah. Right. Gotcha. And to be honest, I don't use it all the time, but I will use it like Tuesday night or a night when I know I'm going to have trouble. But I've been taking it long enough that I knew that it's not like, like I t- essentially, if I wanted to go to sleep by let's say nine, I'm probably going to take it at like 7.30, yeah. you know? Yeah. I, I have uh, for a long time uh, given myself a long time to get ready in the morning because I do not like the like I'm up and now I'm I'm I brush my teeth and now I'm at work I hate that so like I always give myself like an hour and a half before I even get in my car and go to work but I will say I'm mostly just messing around like I, (laughs) I usually read I have like my cup of coffee and my breakfast sometimes I'll like do the dishes um lately with the birds I've been like refilling the bird feeders and we got a bunch of plants on our balcony now and I like water the flowers make my lunch for the day but like now you got me thinking maybe I there's a better use to that time like what if I used it to master my craft (laughs) elevate own your morning elevate your life and it is kind of because part of me is like I hear that kind of language right and there's like oh and a lot of the book too is like because I get it, like he's trying to say that all these great thinkers, like I don't know, let's say Einstein and 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 Martin Luther King, and you know, they all had one thing in common. I don't know. I didn't do any research to see if they're all getting up at five. I'm just taking your word for it, Robin, Mr. Sharma. But um, so part of me is like my my BS alarms like going off crazy. But then on the other hand, I'm running it, and it's working. I, I mean, I'm not going to say like I became a because well you know me i'm not i'm not motivated by like money although they say that like you know elevate you know whatever you know they keep it vague on purpose because everyone's got their own thing but like i've certainly made more progress in the things that i daydream about than i ever have i wrote a brand new poem the other day it's killer i put it up in my office at work for everyone to see which is probably like a weird move but you know what I almost said F it. F it. I don't care. I wrote a poem and I'm proud of it. I'm going to show it off to my coworkers, you know? So good. I woke up and Tess, I sat in the chair and it was like the poem was writing itself. It was just like flying out of my fingers. I mean, I know it sounds like I'm like, I don't know, but I mean, it is for me, it's working hard, hard. So anyway, Robin Sharma's 5 a.m. club is a stuff that I love being a member of. Nice. Um, real quick before I forget, I told Elizabeth, our friend, our mutual friend, that we were chatting today and she wanted me to tell you that she loves you. 
Um, I love Elizabeth. And um, speaking of nonfiction books or like books that are self-help books that are told as a fictional story. Yeah. There's one that I really like called Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And it's a leadership book, but it's told like as the story of a woman who takes over like a failing company and like turns it around. And I got really sucked into it. Like I started reading it and I was like, this is dumb. And then I was like, no, it's not. What's going to happen? <laughs> is it? So like, it is, it does, it can work. Like that idea can work. Yeah. Yes. I think the thing that just frustrated <laughs> me so much is I was like, this is a cool idea. Cause I hadn't heard of that. And well, now that I think of it, remember the, what's his name? Shoot. It was an Archie something. Remember the orange frog book? Oh yes, that was a that was technically the same idea. Um, yeah, it was. <laughs> and then, Hop, yeah, Hoppy wanted to become a whatever frog, but um, and it was just Sparky. <laughs> Wasn't one of the names Sparky? I think it was Sparky, and there was like one that was like Worky, and I don't know. I could be <laughs> wrong, but um, anyway, like it was just like part of me is like this could have been killer, like from a you know, but I mean, I, I don't know. I hey, for me, it works. Yeah. And I, I, I finished it. So, I mean, what can I say, you know? Uh, my first stuff that I'm loving this fortnight is, Eric, have you noticed that I have new glasses on? That's all I see. That's all I see. Yeah, it is all you see. Um, because if you're not watching us on YouTube, I will describe my glasses to you. Uh -huh. They're new. And they are, the frames are blue. They're really blue. And also they have blue light filter oh. on them that reflects all light off of them blue. <laughs> look, I do. I see the blue reflected yeah. off of them. And look, look at mine. I got that same filter. See, do you see it I, on my go? Yeah, I'm obsessed with them. And that's, that's kind of it. I don't have anything else to say about them really, except that I really, I, well, I'll tell you the backstory which is that I got a new prescription. I had to go see my optometrist, you know, for your yearly exam. And I got a new prescription and I got a pair of glasses that were kind of boring looking. They were brown and, but they were nice. They were perfectly nice glasses, but I always like to order a backup pair of glasses in case my glasses break. And then I don't, cause I don't want to go like glasses less. And so I ordered a backup pair and this is them and I like them better than my original pair and I've been wearing them and I've gotten lots of comments and compliments from people they and look really nice it's, it's nice when you're wearing something and you feel good about yourself and then other people notice that they're like oh those are cool glasses and I'm like yeah they are thank you <laughs> and I realize I know you didn't do this on purpose but like for our podcasts like you've got blue and then i've got kind of like these dark red or really yeah. like we have really good kind of like uh um i don't know what it, like a complimentary style um, yeah yeah i did I, you're right i didn't do that on purpose but i like it now that you've pointed it out oh, yeah i so love my it new, my new glasses are a stuff i've been loving this past fortnight <laughs> very nice uh, well, my second thing, stuff that I'm loving is Tessa's glasses. They are <laughs> absolutely gorgeous. No, um, this is a quick one. Um, have you ever heard of the movie or seen um, Wizard of Oz? Yes, I love the movie Wizard yeah, yeah. of Oz. I just watched Wizard of Oz 
well, for the first time with, I mean, I've seen it before, but with Freya and holy baloney, what a (laughs) magical experience. Because part of me, because it's an old movie. What is it like 30 something, 1930 something? And, um, and you know, the beginning parts in black and white. And I didn't know if it would age well, or I think it's cool, but she wouldn't. But man, Tess, she was into it. And even the black and white parts, because because she'd be like, why is that woman angry? I'm like, well, they think Toto bit her, remember? And she goes, and where, why is she taking Toto? I was like, they're they're taking Toto to, to kill, that she's going to kill her dad. She goes, no, she goes, he's going to be all alone. And I was like, yeah. And she was like caught up, because we know Toto is going to sleep, but she didn't know. And so she's riding away and Dorothy's like running after her. And then the dog Toto gets out and Freya's like, Freya feels it like, the dog escaped, he got out. And then the tornado and you know everything but anyway she loved it she reacted exactly like i it was like i could see like it was probably how i saw it when i was a kid you know and like she was into the munchkins and there's that scene where all the baby munchkins are like waking up out of the flower patch and they got flowers in their feet and a pot on their head and she was into it she loved it you know and uh anyway watching the wizard of oz with my daughter the stuff I was loving. It was such Eric, a great experience. Yeah. Eric, it might be time to show Freya Star Wars. So here's the deal that's interesting. Have we talked about Spaceballs already? We have, right? Yes, she loves yeah, Spaceballs. Yeah, she, so I've so this is I think part of the reason I love this experience about Wiz of Oz is I've tried to show her Star Wars before and oh, she's, she's just she's not into it at all. Um I can try again because now she's a bit older. Um, but what's funny is she's into space balls, but not Star Wars. I don't Which is know. Funny because she's like, it's, uh, she went in reverse. Most people watch yeah. Star Wars and then they realize why space balls is funny. And she, she's, I remember it on her own. We had space balls on TV, and I like a lot of adult <laughs> stuff we have on TV. Freya's like watches, and then she's not that interested, you know. And so we yeah. don't really worry too much about content. And if she asks, we usually try to answer it. But I remember the moment she paid attention was when Pizza the Hut showed up, and she looks at the tv and she looks at me she goes it's a pizza skeleton she goes why is that a pizza skeleton (laughs) it's so funny have i talked about this on the cast before maybe i think you have yeah Yeah. did i talk about the alien that came out of the guy's stomach i don't think so so remember there's that alien parody and the alien and it's kind of scary right because there's blood and gore she's watching it and this is right after the guy like i think ordered the soup or something and the monster jumps out and he's dancing around and freya starts dancing she goes i'm a baby soup monster no a soup she says soup dinosaur i'm a baby soup dinosaur because she's like what is this thing well he ate soup it looks like a dinosaur (laughs) she loves it anyway um watching Uh, wizard of oz and i'll try again with star wars it's just for some reason it doesn't jive with her you know i don't know i just remember like when i was a kid and my dad showed me star wars for the first time it was real magical like i remember when i found out who darth vader is no spoilers right like who darth vader is in relation to luke skywalker i remember looking over at my dad like Yeah, and it is like I'm sure for him, for my dad, it was probably like a really satisfying moment, like you had with Freya, of like, yes, she's reacting the way she's supposed to react. To this yeah, <laughs> I really didn't know if she would be into it, but I'm I'm starting to learn that Freya is really into like musicals, you know. Oh, and cool. so I wonder if yeah, and when you know things start opening up again, I like to take yeah. her down to the the kiddo theater down at the old Kennedy Center because they got all kinds of great stuff. I loved to go to musicals with my dad when I was a when I was a girl. I remember we lived 
at the time we lived in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and the the live theater near us was called Pope Joy Hall. And I like have very cherished memories of my dad taking me to see several musicals there. We saw we saw Rent, we mm. saw Les Misérables, we saw we saw a whole bunch of different plays there, and it was um, it was awesome. I really cherish those memories. You know, we didn't get to see Phantom, and I actually I still regret it. I want to see Phantom really bad. One one day, hopefully, I'll see it uh, live on stage somewhere. Um, day, if, real quick, I know this is a tangent. Since we're talking about Phantom of the Opera, yeah, it, I don't know if we've talked about this. So you know, are you familiar with the song "Music of the Night"? Yes, of course. You ready for this? Okay. What is the music of the night? What do you think? Because I've asked a lot of people this question, and I think I've gotten just as many answers. It's interesting, right? What is the music of the night? I guess I never really thought about it. I thought it was the music that he was making. Yeah? Like it's just literally his music? That's what I thought. But the end of it, it ends with him in mourning after she's like left, Christine. And he goes, it's just another part of the music of the night. Oh, man. Is it like the loneliness? Is music of the night silence? It could be anything. Amanda, you know what Amanda thinks it is? What does she think? She thinks it's like sexy desire. like his, Because he lures her with his music. Oh, he does. Yes, he does. It's actually, it's quite, quite dysfunctional. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very problematic. Some other answers I've gotten is that he's literally talking about night because he only comes out at night. yeah. Uh, some is like you said, um, his loneliness, uh, music of the night. And then some was like, maybe it's actual music. Like he's using music, like magic or not actual music, but actual magic. And he's conjuring her because he kind of like puts a spell on her. at one Oh, point, totally. You know? Yeah. 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 yeah interesting. Right. Because I, I, yeah. that's actually my that's my favorite song from Phantom. I love it because mostly because I love walking at night. And so that's why I kind of lend to think it's just like the beauty of the GD beauty of the night, you know, man, you know, that was the original. I think that was the original title. The GD. <laughs> the GD it's just a part night. of the GD beauty of the night. <laughs> there was a lot more cursing in the original version. <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber did a lot of editing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Keep your hand at the level of your effing eye. <laughs> Now, if you want to, um, you want to experience something really interesting, um, which you, I always do, <laughs> you start the Wizard of Oz, the movie, at the same time as the album Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd, and supposedly they match up, like supposedly, like the images on the screen match the music and the lyrics and the tone of the Pink Floyd album, Dark Side of the Moon. And the phenomenon is called Dark Side of the Rainbow, I believe. Have you done it? I have done it. And it is um, it is pretty interesting. You Could should you, give it a- I mean, I don't want to tell you what your cake challenge should be. You should just issue that to me. That sounds pretty <laughs> right. And I'll tell you right now. Um, Maybe I will. You're not going to believe this. You're you should not, also have three glasses of that tea that gets you like really amped before you. About you- that, that, so it's it's the um <laughs> shoot what's the brand? It's Zen Wake Up Tea. Yeah. And I, I drink three glasses because because 
for me, caffeine doesn't make me jittery. It like makes me a tree. It turns me into a tree and I sit in the woods and I forget that I'm a human and I think I'm a tree and it's amazing. Um, but I was going to say, you're not going to believe this. I don't know who or what a Pink Floyd is. I'm assuming, oh, wow. it, I'm assuming it's a musical band. I'm sorry. It's I okay. I just don't know. It's I okay. Just don't I know. understand. It's okay. Um, it's fine. And I think maybe I will issue that to you. Yeah. Yeah. Because I really I don't like know. Should, I feel like you should experience Pink Floyd. It sounds like, like a like a smooth jazz kind of music, maybe, right? Just judging it's, from the um it's not smooth jazz. Maybe just a little piano, little solo piano piece. No, they were a rock band in like the 1960s, 70s, 80s. I've um, heard of those. A very prolific career. Um, uh, and they made a lot of concept albums. Are you familiar with the idea of a concept album where all of the songs on the, on the album are kind of loosely based around a theme? Oh, I've heard of that, but I've never listened to them before. Yeah, they made quite a few of them. Dark Side of the Moon is is one of them. Like all of the songs kind of bleed into each other as it's just telling kind of like a narrative. Um, they also they did one called Animals. All the songs are about animals, but the animals are like symbolic of like people that you might meet in your life. Um, they did one. Oh, their most famous one is probably The Wall which is a concept album about a man who uh, has a, basically he's built up a figurative wall and he's hiding behind it and he needs to tear it down to like live an authentic experience. I, and- I love that idea, but I always have an issue with um, when I listen to music, especially if it's has a lot of instrumental, I have a hard time understanding the lyrics a lot of the mm-hmm. time. So I feel like I would need to watch it um, like the the um, lyric videos on YouTube or something. You know? <laughs> maybe um, I'll just maybe I'll just uh, make you like a Pink Floyd mix or something. I would love a Pink Floyd fun. mix. That might be really fun, actually. I could make you like a Spotify playlist of all my favorite Pink Floyd songs and make you listen to it. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, the concept album idea sounds essentially like the musical version of a book of poetry right? Like you have poems around a central theme that kind of lead up. um, And to me, that's super appealing because I love the idea of like, this is your group or, or um, what's the phrase for, it's not just a book of poetry, but um, it's not narrative poetry. What's the name? Like um, Jason Reynolds novel. Yeah. Like, yeah. Prose novel. Yeah. Like that where it's kind of telling the story through these different poems. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, there's one, if you haven't read it, it's really good. It's called The Poet X. It's by, um, the last name of the author is Acevedo. Okay. And it's really excellent uh, novel in poems about a young woman who is a poet. And it's called Poet X? The it's Poet called X? The Poet X, yeah. And what's the name of that phrase again? Novel and prose? I think it's called a, I thought it's called a prose novel. I think because maybe not. I have no idea. Okay. I'm just curious because that sounds r- really cool. I have one at my desk at work that I haven't read yet um, called 
is it The Long Way Down by Jason Reynolds? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I, I thumbed through it. I haven't had a chance to read it. And I love the idea of like these, almost like you're telling a story through these very small focuses. Like this is a poem about this feeling. This is a poem about this next moment. This is a poem about something that happened, but it's my memory. Like, I think that's really interesting. Like breaking it down, yeah. you know? And the Poet X, that book got me really emotional. Like it's a really excellent book. And at one point she tells a poem and when she recites it, she can also recite it backwards and it tells like a different story. It was really cool. <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to look it up because I just finished reading a book. Um, you might've heard very, of it. It's very good on audio as well. Oh, cool. I'm going to do that. Well, what wait. was the book that I may have heard of? Secret History of Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just finished it uh, this morning, heard actually. It's very good. Um, I, I might get it on audio because I've got a long drive, but I'm I'm also interested in the, because um, a lot of poetry, it's like the form of the poem too, you know? Mm-hmm. And yes, I'm just interested in that as well, but I'm going to put that down. Poet X, thank you so much. You're welcome. Your recommendation is an extra bonus thing that I'm loving. <laughs> um. So I'm really, I'm really torn because I watched two TV shows this past fortnight and I loved both of them. One of them is a little bit more same team y'all, but it's on a streaming platform that I don't think a lot of people have access to. And so I could tell you how great it is and then you can't go watch it. Or there's another one that's on a very popular streaming platform, but it's not a same team y'all. Which one should I talk about? This is what I think. You ready? Mm-hmm. I would say you talk about the one you enjoyed more and, or, or the one that's same team, y'all. And don't worry about the streaming platform because, for example, let's. my last love was watching Wizard of Oz with my daughter. No like, one else can experience that. No one yeah. else gets to do that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like I did was like, so if you want to experience Wizard of Oz with my daughter, uh, send me an email. I'll give you my address. So you can come by. So like, don't worry about like, you know, and also okay. your glasses, like no one else. I mean, I guess they could see your glasses, but they won't own your glasses. No, go for it. Unless they go to I buy direct and buy the same glasses. Yeah. Um. All right. If so someone's is- cosplaying as you at our, <laughs> at the next pod con that we attend. Um. There's this TV show that is streaming on Apple TV I don't know anyone who has Apple TV. I got a free trial of it when I got my new phone. Is my phone. It's got Grogu stickers on it. Um, See that Grogu. Good. <laughs> uh, but there's this show on there called Ted Lasso. That's the title of the show. And it's also the, the name of the main character on the TV show. And it's he's played by an actor named Jason Sudeikis with whom I feel that I have a personal connection. I don't, but when I was a young girl, I used to go visit my grandma in Las Vegas and um, she would take me to shows cause I like musicals and she would also take me to other kinds of shows. And she took me to an improv comedy show one night and the star of like one of the stars was a young promising comic named Jason Sudeikis. And oh. now he's famous. Um, and he's in this show, Ted Lasso. Here's, can you see him? Look at this guy. 
I think so. You <laughs> you texted me earlier and you were like, "Hey, do you have Apple TV streaming?" And I was like, "No." But remember, I was like, "I think there's a few shows I've seen." And I remember just because I like that actor in in the things I've seen him in, um, I would have been interested in that. But I don't got no apples. Yeah. Well, if you ever get a chance to watch a show, you definitely should. It's it's about a man named Ted Lasso who is an American college football coach and he's very successful at what he does and so he's been hired to to come to England and coach a struggling football team and football in the UK as you know is what we call soccer so it's a completely different sport (laughs) but Ted is up for the challenge because Ted has an irrepressible optimism that nothing is too big of a challenge everything is like he's excited for it he can't wait it's gonna be great um and he also like he reminds me a lot of you eric um because like i remember when i first met eric (laughs) years and years ago um I was like, what is this guy's deal? Everything is great. He's excited about this. He wants to do that. I remember like one of the first times I hung out with you, you were like, we should do a podcast. And I was like, yeah, okay, dude, whatever. (laughs) And, but then I just realized that's just you. You're just like excited about everything. And you, you know, you're very positive and you've used that to your advantage. Like, I think when I first met you, you were a volunteer for the library. And then like a year later, you were assistant managing the library. And I was like, how did this happen? And I think it's because you just have this like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to like, I'm going to try at least, you know, even if I don't do it, I should at least try. And I think, and that's Ted. Ted is like, we're going to do it. It's going to be great. I'm going to be your new best friend. What? You don't <laughs> like me? Forget about it, buddy. I'm going to come and see you every day and I'm going to bring you your favorite cookies and you're going to love me. And, and it's such a sweet show. Like it's very wholesome and it does, it shouldn't be because there's a lot of like foul mouthed football players in it and there, and you come to find out, and I feel like this isn't much of a spoiler, but you come to find out that the team is owned by a woman who has been divorced. Her husband has divorced her. And the thing that she got in the divorce was this football team. And she would love nothing more than to see it fail Mm. because he, her husband, her ex-husband loved that football team. And now he doesn't get to have any control over it anymore. And so she hires this crazy person from America to come and coach this a totally different sport and she thinks oh this is gonna be a spectacular fail it's gonna be in the media and my ex-husband is gonna be a laughing stock because he put so much time and energy into creating this team and now I'm gonna drive it into the ground and I'm gonna feel really great about that um but little does she know that Ted Lasso is a force to be reckoned with and he teaches everyone valuable life lessons and it's a really sweet, wholesome show. And I enjoyed every minute of it. Oh, 
Do you need anything special to do Apple streaming? Or is it just like another service? Like you just go ahead and buy say, it. It's like any other service and mm. you can sign up for a free trial. I'm pretty yeah. sure like, like a lot of streaming services, they'll do like a month free or a couple weeks free or something like that to see if you like it. Um, it's worth it just to watch Ted Lasso. I have invited not one, but two people over to my house to watch it because like, because I told them you need to watch this show. And they're like, I can't. And I'm like, that's fine. Just come to my house. We'll binge it. You can sleep and you can sleep in my guest room. I just really want people to watch this show. Um, I want to watch it because everything you said sounds great. I love that actor. And um, there was another show. I don't know if the show came out already or if I, I just saw a trailer for it. For Are you familiar with Isaac Asimov's Foundation series? No, I'm not. Oh, So are you familiar with Isaac Asimov? The sci-fi writer. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, I read. So there's a series of books called Foundation. Um, I think the first one's called Foundation and the next ones are Foundation something and something something. And they are, I think they were originally written, I don't know, man, let's say way before computer times. Okay. Like they're okay. oldies. And 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 sometimes I have a hard time with older books because I don't, don't want to say they don't age well, but like you have to kind of put yourself in that mindset. Right. Um, but I started reading the first Foundation and it like blew me away. And what it essentially is, Tess, it is such a, I, I love it. It's such a smart concept. It's, it's essentially super far in the future. And the fact that this is like pre-computers and pre-actually going to space and Isaac's just using like his, his brain, like his, you know, his, his, his imagination to come up with all these stuff. He was able to think of it, but it's basically someone figured out a formula to predict the future of the universe and they can figure out like the chain of events that will lead to the end of the universe. But we're talking about spans of millions of years, right? So the book will do something. We'll focus on a character in let's say this time. And then the next chapter Tess, is like 300 years later and it's a new character. And this is where that planet is. And the next chapter is like, a thousand and a half years later and it's like this is the state of the galaxy and it's like this is the and it reads like and at the time i was a a history major when i read it it reads like a history book but it almost is like this weird alternate history but like that tells time time stories but like a thousand twenty thousand two hundred thousand years at a time like it it is boggling like it is just so such a cool concept. And it's like kind of one of those books you have to kind of like work your way to read, you know? But I mean, I loved it. Anyway, all that to say is I saw a trailer for the Foundation show that was, and then I was like, ooh, this looks great. And it was a uh, Apple TV. Exclusive. An Apple TV. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen that. The only other thing that I've watched on Apple TV, well, I watched the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Mm. <laughs> that was on there. And I watched a show called Mythic Quest, which is actually a really cute show about a uh, video. Actually, you'd probably you'd probably really like this show too, Eric. It's about a video game company, or it's a the, a company that made an RPG, and it's like um, it's the the people the people who work at the company, like the the writers and the programmers and the um, the PR people, and like how they all interact with each other, and um, they're like adding updates to the game and stuff. And it's, it's really, it's actually really cute. I liked it a lot. Um, 
it was it wasn't Ted Lasso level, but it was pretty good. Like if you get the free trial, you should give it a try. <laughs> is it a um it's not a documentary about a real No, company. no, oh, it's okay. a fictional it's a fictional story. It's, and it's like a comedy? Yeah, it's a oh, comedy. Oh, that yeah. sounds really good. Um I think I've seen a trailer for that and I was like that looks good. The only reason I asked about if it's a documentary is I've seen a few documentaries that they start like at the cuz a lot of these games take what five six years to make and they'll follow them like through the whole process it's for me riveting because i'm just like watching the project go this way and then that way and then you're like well now there's a whole new system coming out do we do this and how's that look and, well, and you i can, love it well, you can tell that the people who made the show like really love video games and really they they do this one episode which is really like it's a departure from the rest of the series and it it's basically just like an examination of the evolution of a video game and it shows like how it started and then how it turns into this like um huge success and how the creator's vision is like corrupted because it becomes like a commercial entity yeah. and now there's like a movie of the game and and um it causes like this couple to break up and it's it's it was intense it was like a really <laughs> intense like episode of this anyways it's a pretty cool show i got off track ted lasso <laughs> and if you have time watch mythic quest but ted lasso is the stuff i was loving this past fortnight i realized that um i left my kalimba kalimba at work oh i used it oh. in a story time so we're gonna we're gonna do a little something so okay. i'll get us i'll get us started and then you just you you jump in like at the end remember okay okay <clears throat> cake challenge i actually think that was better than the kalimba great yeah, yeah I and like that and Zoom popped up again. Are you playing music? So <laughs> at the bag. Um, ne next time, just idea for next time. Uh, scat. Be that boop bop. I would love to hear. I would love to hear your rendition. Of and that. then we then we go to beatboxing. Yeah, then, yeah, we're gonna do different genres. And then like, uh, what is it called? Like that deep throat, like throat singing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so you, I liked what you did last episode where you gave the challenge first and then we yeah. discussed it yeah so um this is another go and blind and this is a nice easy one um just like time wise because i know you know movies sometimes are tricky you gave me a movie but like um it wasn't nearly as long as tree of life like tree of life was was the whole universe um here's one so um this is a song just one okay. track i want you to listen to it's from uh an album called cloud land by the band White Tree. Um, you should be able to find it on Spotify fairly easily. Um, it's also on Hoopla if you want to like, you know, listen to it there and listen to the rest. Um, and then the track, it's track two on Cloudland and the title is Kyril, K-Y-R-I-L. So if anyone at home wants to follow along, uh, uh, if you want to play along, Tess will listen to this and we'll discuss it on the next episode. You got all the deets? I got the deeds. Eric, just real quick, were you just searching Hoopla for the word tree? How did you know that? Oh, because the band is called White Tree. That's yeah. exactly that's exactly how I found them. That's a found... sounds like something you would do. So. <laughs> this is what I do is I, I'll find something and I'm like, ooh, this book looks good. I'm like, wait, these are metaphorical trees. 
they're not talking about actual trees get out of here book look at you you're so funny but yeah and and just so just so you can enjoy the i think the track is i don't know maybe eight minutes long at the longest and uh, there's no secret like reasoning behind it it's just a song it's just a track i really like i think okay, it's cool. i'm cool. excited hey eric did you watch the movie the peanut butter falcon okay so real quick the answer is yes okay. but watching it was a special experience because now that I'm a member of the 5 a.m. club, uh-huh. I was up real early and I was like, I'm just going to watch it because we were going to record yesterday. I was like, I'm just going to watch it in the morning, you know, because I got it. I like was only able to get it like on Tuesday, you know. Okay. Um, And here's the thing. Amanda is not a 5 a.m. person. She's a don't wake me up ever person. But sometimes <laughs> like life and obligations force her to wake up. So I go for my run 5 a.m. I'm running and I was like, you know what? Because the 5 a.m. club, like you could be flexible, whatever works for you, right? So I was, I'm going to do my run and instead of my other, I'll just do a short five minute reflection meditation and then I'll watch the movie. It's only an hour and a half and I'll have plenty of time to do this and that. I come home, light is on in the house. What is going on? Am I being burgled? I open the door. Amanda's laying on the couch awake. And I'm like, what's going on? Because I told her, I said, she's, ooh, she goes, I want to watch this movie. I said, okay. Oh, but I'm watching it in the morning because right now when she said I want to watch this movie, it was too late for me because I gotta oh. go to, I gotta go to bed, you know, early. So I was like, I'm sorry, sister. Um, but she's sitting there. So kind of I don't think she set her alarm to watch it with me. She happened to be up. But here's the deal, Tess. I have been married. I've been with Amanda since 2003. How many years is that? That's a lot of years. That's a long time. Yeah. (laughs) At date of recording, we're in the year 2021. I have been with Amanda. She has been in my life since 2003. And I am not lying to you. With the exception of getting up early to get on a plane or to get Freya to MSD, Maryland School for the Deaf, when we were going real early, I have never in my entire life spent any time with Amanda at that time of her own accord <laughs> ever. It has never happened. And so anyway, it was a very special moment and we watched it and we both enjoyed the movie. So anyway, I just wanted to lead with that. Like that was just like, it's ne- it's never happened. I love that though. Yeah. That made the movie more special for you. It made the movie more special for me. Yeah, it was great. And like, I can tell that like she happened to be up, you know, but then she was like, oh, I know he's good. Cause once again, like that 5 a.m. Because, because the not to get back to the book, but the book does kind of play around with like this. Sometimes I think it's a dangerous line of thinking where it's like, well, if you think positive thoughts, then you'll make more money, you know? And like, sometimes it's kind of like, there could be, there could be some reasoning behind it, but sometimes I feel like you can twist that and say like, well, the reason you're poor is because you weren't thinking positively enough. Whereas that Tessa, is think, very dangerous. Thank I, you. Thank that, you. Like, that's like what cult leaders use to control people. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I'm always like talking like that sets up alarms to me. Right. And there is a little bit of that in the book. Um, and like manifesting your own destiny, right? Which is once again, like can be taken and can be very dangerous, especially when you apply it to, let's say whole groups of people that are, I don't know, being oppressed by a system of government or, or, or any variety of systems. Anyway, it was hard for me to think to myself or not to think, is this the 5 a.m. magic <laughs> <laughs> working? And here's the deal. Like I, I, I'm, this is part of me joking and part of me not. 
twice this week i got up to run and it was just barely run, uh, raining like just drips like not even a jacket i just put a hat on and tess i get home Ooh. like it, and i mean when i say when i get home i mean like within within two minutes certainly less than five minutes it's pouring and i'm like what are the not to be like what are the odds but like it felt like because i told amanda i said it sat, felt like it waited for me to be like okay you made it home and i was like <laughs> and i know it's like that weird like okay you did it so now you're thinking it but i mean i've never spent any time with amanda in the morning in my entire life aside from taking care of a kid or vacation i don't know i think that 5 a.m magic was working <laughs> anyway the movie uh tess uh challenged me to watch the movie uh the peanut butter falcon um i wrote down on my notes the peanut butter jelly falcon but that's not right um, are you gonna give us like a synopsis i, I okay. am so i went in blind as you said which i think is a great role i thought this movie i don't know why was set in india i was wrong <laughs> okay it's set in like north or south carolina um and essentially there's a, a character named zach who has down syndrome and he is because I guess there's no one who can take legal guardianship of himself. He has ended up, um, and he says he does not need anyone to watch him because he is a grown man. He is put in a, a essentially a um, senior citizen home, and uh, he really wants to escape to visit his hero, um, the saltwater redneck, who's a wrestling star. Uh, he eventually escapes and he meets a young man named. I actually took notes today about this movie. Um, Tyler, played by Shia LaBeouf, who they go on an adventure together where he may or may not discover his secret wrestling persona, the Peter Butter Falcon. <laughs> and it is a great movie about, um, um, I wrote down a quote here. So this is from Zach's friend, Carl, who's the older gentleman who helps him escape. And he tells him that friends are the family that you choose. This is a movie about found family. Uh, Zach is by himself. Tyler's also by himself. And there's another character, Eleanor, who's kind of like, um, what's the right word? It's not caretaker. What's that word? I feel word? like she's like a social worker, maybe? Social worker. Yeah. She mentions volunteering for like hospice too, you know, yeah, at one point in the movie. Yeah, but she kind of like works at the assisted living home and mm -hmm. they kind of, when they realize that Zach is escaped kind of sent her to go collect him yeah exactly and um and she joins them and you get the feeling that these people are alone and then they are together and and near the end i mean we could we talk about spoilers right are we assuming yeah we can yeah. talk yeah if you if you don't want to hear the end pause the podcast here go watch the movie and then come back <laughs> Zach ends, we're gonna Zach, do the spoilers. <laughs> Zach ends up getting trained by Saltwater Redneck, which is a great scene because you're like, oh, he's not really. First of all, I think we all knew the school didn't exist, right? Like it was like, I was surprised it ever existed, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was going to be a con. And and then um, and then the character, Clinton, uh, decide, he puts on his Saltwater Redneck persona and trains him. And well, because Zach's been watching this like, videotape yes. uh, that he probably taped off tv like year it was probably taped off tv like years and years ago but zach doesn't realize that and so he thinks it's like happening right now yeah. like he can go to that school right now but it's in the past yeah yeah and i was gonna say i think at the end a little bit of magic did happen because he lifts what's his name mike that big guy so he goes into the ring thinking he's just gonna play fight and he ends up being a real real d 
bag, a bag full of donuts. And he, uh, uh, and Zach's able to lift this man right over his head. And he did the atomic throw. He threw him right out of the ring. And it was just, uh, it was uh, just a very special movie. And I very much loved it. And I, I, I very much appreciate going in blind because I didn't even read the back of it. I was a little disappointed when I found out Shia LaBeouf was in it. I want to go completely blind. Next time, I'm not even going to look at the cover. I'm going to just, I'm going to be honest with you because it changed everything. Because here's the deal. I'm going to ask you, because you know me, lately I've made it a rule to not follow any social media, pop culture, or news. Right. Uh, that's by choice. I listen to the, tr- I get my news from the trees and you know what they tell me? Yeah. Only, only good news, baby. Only good news. But anyway, I'm guessing this movie was, was big or popular. I don't think so. No. Did I- not that I know of. I discovered this movie when after I had broken my ankle, I was asking people, I think I asked people on Facebook, my Facebook friends, like, tell me what movie I should watch because mm. I'm I'm laid up with my ankle and I can't do anything. And my next door neighbor, Cheryl, <laughs> commented and said, you should watch The Peanut Butter Falcon starring Shia LaBeouf and she also suggested another movie with Shia LaBeouf called Honey Boy I did not watch that one because it looked depressing Honey Boy yeah well it's apparently it's kind of like a semi-autobiographical movie about his father um and yeah it looked kind of sad and so I didn't really want to watch it he plays his father basically in the movie and I was like oh no I like I like Shia LaBeouf from back in the even Stevens days on the Disney Channel, but um, I uh, but I really enjoyed Peanut Butter Falcon a lot, but I hadn't heard of it oh, until you, someone told me about it. The only reason I ask that is because I feel like if I knew what the movie was, or if let's say, um, like remember Greatest Showman had like people talking about it and stuff. I feel yeah. like if I went into it knowing that people liked it and people were talking about it and even what the concept was i feel like my experience would have been not completely different but a different experience you know what i mean i like uh-huh. the idea that i went in not even knowing and by not knowing i was able to experience the movie for what it was right because i was like oh this person's in it oh this person's in it real quick the character of eleanor is played by dakota johnson okay and I'm watching this movie. And here's the deal. I got the coolest wife in the world. So some people were like, don't say, don't. From, oh, is that the chick from 50 Shades? It's the chick from 50 Shades. And I, I was just going to say, some people are like, don't say that. You're going to get in trouble with your wife. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Amanda has transcended any concept of jealousy. I was crushing. Tess, I was crushing. I still am. So. <laughs> I know, I know. This is like weird. And I, we, we, how many episodes have we recorded? I've never gotten this. I was crushing so hard on this woman, so hard. And like to the point, there was a movie she was in. I was like, I'm going to watch it. And you know where it was? Apple streaming. Apple streaming. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, and Amanda was like, I'm really surprised because one, she's not your usual type, and she, she used the word seem like your type. Yeah, not my type. No, she's uh, and she goes and she seemed. Amanda used this word very mousy, but I'll tell you what it is. Miss Dakota Johnson got some sad, sad eyes, right? Like those ads are sad, and I don't know what it is. Something about those sad eyes, like she gone through stuff, right? You want to fix her, don't you? You want to make her happy. Well, Tess, what do I do? Like for a living, literally. Like, yeah. what do I? Like, what do I do? I'm the I'm the laugh maker, right? And I was like, I just wanna, 
I don't know. I was crushing. Anyway, I was like, Freya, Amanda? Oh, not Freya, but Amanda? Maybe we need to watch those Fifty Shades movies. Give those a shot. And I think, I, and what's so weird, Tess, is I think I've seen the first or the second one. There was one time I went to see that mo- one of the Fifty Shades movies with Amanda, and I wasn't crushing at all. So something, maybe the crush is actually just on Eleanor. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, you might have a crush on the character. I mean, that happens, you know? Yeah, definitely. I'm try- trying to think of an example. Oh, when I was younger, this is the crush cast now. When I was younger, I had a crush on Tr- Trinity from the Matrix. Okay. But not on Carrie Ann Moss. So that's a. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're listening, Carrie Ann Moss, I'm very sorry Nothing to say that. Nothing against you. <laughs> Nothing against you. It's just the character Trinity. And I was like, I was a young man. So I probably had a crush on anything vaguely female shaped, you know, but um, anyway, Eleanor is a stuff that I'm loving. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed the movie. I thought it was a really sweet and wholesome movie. And apparently the actor who plays Zach has Down syndrome in real life. And apparently in real life, him and Shia LaBeouf became really good friends. And you can see like interviews with them if you go on YouTube and they had like a really nice friendship. Yeah, apparently it's roughly based on Zach's life, where Zach's, oh, the actor, yeah. his actual name is Zach. Is Zach. Uh, oh, okay. Gots, Zach Gottesen, Gotsagan. I'm trying to read my own handwriting. But anyway, I read an interview where, like, Shiloh Booth and, and Zach hang out and, like, are friends. And, you know, Sh- Sh- I don't really know a lot about Shiloh Booth, but apparently word on the street, he's had a problem with the alcohol. And, um, you know, I'm sure he's going through some stuff. Um, but there's a story that he told where him and Zach were sitting on the couch watching wrestling, as you do. And Zach was eating ice cream and, and Shia LaBeouf was uh, drinking some gin. And and Shia was like, hey, you need to quit eating so much ice cream. And Zach said, you need to quit drinking so much gin. Ooh. And Shia was like, that's, and I don't know if this is true. He's like, and I haven't touched a drop. Maybe he meant that wow. it's specific. Yeah, but I mean, that's a kind of a powerful story, right? You know? Yeah, that's that reminds me of the time that um, that Jim told me I should cut back on soda. <laughs> <laughs> um, the yeah, I mean that's important. But um, anyway, it was a great movie, and it was it was very sweet. And I think Shia LaBeouf um, like act act. Well, I think they were all great actors, but he. He acts with a with an intensity that I very much enjoy. You yeah. know, yeah, he's he's a great actor. He's he's mastered his craft. He's mastered. He, you think he gets up at five a.m.? See a member of the five a.m. club? Probably. Maybe. Yeah. I Shia LaBeouf, if you're listening, I haven't done this joke in a while. Colin. Um. Anyway, <laughs> that was the cake challenge. You ready to hear about a life lesson? Whew, I am Did ready. I cut you off. Are you ready? <laughs> Did I'm ready. Did you learn a life lesson this week? I did. That's great. Let's talk about it. Okay. <laughs> you dancing for uh, Eleanor there? <laughs> oh, I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was about that character. I don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't describe it. Anyway. Life lesson. I'm gonna keep it real simple. Let me look at this real quick. Wait, is this this isn't your breakthrough? No. Oh. Oh, oh sorry. I was excited no. Th- to hear about the breakthrough. That's oh, were you? No. <laughs> test the. I know the breakthrough is just. It's not. It's not. 
a, a same team y'all break through. This oh, is more. Okay. I mean, no, this is more That's of like funny. it's That's too. Funny. It's too Jeff Goldblum for the for the cast. Whoa, okay. It's it is like Tess. I cracked the Da Vinci Code. Like I did it. I did it. I spent Tess and, and, and fr- friends. If you're wondering, like, what the heck are they talking about? I text Tess this morning. I told her I had a revelation. <laughs> I there's a lot of things that I have floating around in my head, concepts, ideas that I finally I cracked the code. I figured it out, or at least I'm, I I finally made progress towards it. Um, but anyway, you're not here for that. You're here for my life lesson. This is just a real simple one. You know how we talk about how we're the we're the um, judgment-free zone of no judging, right? And it's hard, right? If we see someone doing something that we normally wouldn't do, here's an easy one. You're not a smoker and you see someone walk by smoking, boom, you judge them for it, right? Or here's a real common one. You see someone go outside and um, they're not wearing their mask, even though they're outside, we're trained to be looking for masks at all times. It's easy to judge them. Uh, here's a little here's a little tidbit for you. Um, we try not to judge people, but uh, did you know judging others for judging is still judging? <laughs> it's it's gonna sound crazy, but it's true, right? Because yeah. I often I try to set, uh, uh, and I'm just speaking for myself. Um, but I set myself to a set of, I try to hold myself to a set of standards that I believe in. And that doesn't mean everyone has to believe in them. And my personal belief is that if other people, my personal belief is that I think this certain set of ideals that I try to live by that are not easy. For example, it's not easy to not judge, right? That's very difficult. And it's not easy to, um, uh, look at things without good or bad because we've been brought up that way and we naturally do it. That was, how was that movie? It was good. It was bad. There are, uh, there are, there are literally thousands of words I could have used, but I'm going to tell you right now, my instinct is good, bad, or I liked it. I didn't like it. Right. Same kind of idea um, roughly. Um, and so I often have this idea of like, if someone's let's say complaining at work. Right. And in my head, I am judging them for it and I've caught myself doing it. And I would often, it's this weird loophole in the no judgment free zone of no judging where it's like, oh, but I'm judging them for judging. It's okay. Ah, let's take a step back. It not okay, brother. It not okay. And um, anyway, just real quick lesson is that uh, we life becomes a lot easier when you don't concern yourself with what other people are doing, especially if they don't affect you. Um, I actually wrote something down the, let me see if I can find this. This isn't a full on life lesson, but just, just a way to simplify life. If there's something that's bothering you, ask yourself, uh, can you change it or does it affect you? The answer is no. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it at all. And I will tell you right now, probably half of, this is part of the reason nothing against if people want to stay informed. I think that is important for a lot of people, but that's why I don't follow the news because I think a lot of it, it does not. It does not affect me, you know, and maybe it does in a greater scheme of things. But then that second question, can I change it right now? No. Can I change it if I devoted my life to it? Maybe, you know, and I did this and I did that. Sure. But will I? I have to make that decision. And most of the time that answer is going to be no, you know. Um, But anyway, I would just say life becomes real simple if you don't judge other people um, at all, because frankly, it's none of of our GD business. (laughs) I'm cursing like the phantom up in here. Um, I, I like that lesson a lot. Um, 
because I have also thought about this a lot mm-hmm. because like I kind of like pride myself on not being critical, but in a way that is a criticism yeah. of people who are critical. <laughs> well, well, Tess, you know this, and this is something I've I've worked. So that's another thing. Like I've worked on these things with me constantly. And sometimes I feel like I'm failing. And sometimes I think that I'm succeeding. One thing I've worked on, I've made some progress on is if someone walks up to me in the past, be like, man, I hated that movie. Here I come with a bullet point list of why all the reasons why that movie's great. And I'm going to convince you that, that movie is great. And I might not even like that movie, but I just want you to like that movie. <laughs> I've worked on that. So that now if someone says, I really hate that movie, sometimes I'll say, well, hate's a kind of a strong word. Let's put this in perspective. <laughs> it's hard. But I mean, I now like, okay, you just don't like it. I get it. You know, and uh, it, it's difficult. It's difficult for me. Um, anyway, that's my life lesson, sister. <laughs> I don't think that there's anything wrong, correct me if you think I'm wrong, in maybe encouraging people to not judge something. I don't think, well, here's the deal. My personal, I strive to, this is, I mean, Jeff Goldblum, I strive to live without the veil of good and bad. Like, I honestly do. Like, I watched um, Peanut Butter Falcon, Peanut Butter Falcon, and I tried to just experience it and try to see Shia LaBeouf's acting and try to look at Eleanor's beautiful, sad, sad, sad eyes and, and try to look at it as, and I try to think of what is this movie making me feel? And what is the, the, the creative force behind this movie? What are they trying to tell me? And that's so much more interesting than is it good or bad, right? Because here's a great, and I, I don't know why I always back, go back to this example, but like, it's for me, it's like the movie I think of when I think of the movie that, was very difficult for me to watch and has stuck with me, but I would say it's a well-written movie, 12 Years a Slave. Like it is stuck with me. That is a powerful movie. Did I like it? Well, here's the deal. Should we be using the word like when it comes to that? You know what I mean? So I'm just saying like, there's a lot of ways to look at a lot of things that don't have to be like, did I did I like it? Did I not like it? Was it good or bad? Right. Yeah. And so I know that was a long way of going around to it, but I don't think that's, I don't think that's wrong at all to encourage people. I, to. I feel like sometimes when I'm faced with someone who's being very judgmental, yeah, I encourage that person to either reframe the thought. Like for instance, I came home from work recently and Brett said something like, I already know this week is going to suck. And I was like, why is the week going to suck? And he started talking about something that was going on at work and the, this person dropped the ball and he had to take the lead on this a bit. And I said, oh, so what you mean is this week is going to be challenging, but you can handle it and it's going to help prepare you for the next time that you have a challenging moment you'll have already like handled this. So, so this is actually a good thing. This, and he's just like, shut up. (laughs) Or like sometimes my, my mother-in-law who I care for very deeply sometimes will express very strong opinions about various topics that I don't agree with that opinion. And I will simply inquire as to why she has such a strong opinion, because a lot of times she'll tell me, oh, I I don't know why I just feel that way. And then I will say, 
I, I feel like if you don't have a reason to feel that way, I'm not sure why you feel so strongly about this, that, or the other thing, or there shouldn't be this, or there should be that. Like, if you don't have anything to back it up, like, where is this really strong feeling coming from? Especially if it's like a negative feeling. Um, I don't, but I don't know if maybe that's like, in my way trying to tell no. them that thing <laughs> no this is this is no i'm glad we're having this conversation so, so just real quick as i think questioning well here just to answer your question i think there's two things going on one is what i was describing was i think there's a difference between judging as in and usually judging is the judger is better than the judgee right they're smoking I don't think smoking's right. They're doing something wrong, right? And like, this is real talk. I can admit my mistakes. There have been times where, not just at work, but just in life, you know, if people are behaving a way I'm not specifically complaining, that's a thing I just I just don't naturally do because I feel like it it just adds to that energy, you know? And now, yeah. we're, now we're focusing on the thing that's not great as opposed to the things that are good. And I tend to believe that's the whole reason we do the stuff we love, that there's a lot more stuff to love um, but I think it's easy in our culture to just kind of buy into that. Let's let's have a, a bee fest, which stands for bagel, a bagel fest. The um, And so I would judge in my head like, oh, they don't almost like here's the deal. Doesn't feel good to say it. But deep down inside, like I was superior, you know, and I said that word. I'm not proud of it. Thank you. Exactly. And I realized so there's a difference between that and like internalizing that. And what you were doing, I think, is modeling a behavior that you think would sit, frankly, make their lives easier. You know what I mean? And uh, cause I think that's a part of it is and not to like be like too serious. I think the whole reason we do this cast and I was gonna say what you just did that modeling behavior, I think is the entire reason we do this podcast, right? And so I don't think it's a form of judging and I don't think it's a form of um, like us doing this podcast is a form of um, what's the word like influencing in a weird negative way. Um, but it's more of just like, hey, this is what we believe and if someone follows suit, then that's great. So I tend to try to lead by example as well. Like a great example is uh, someone earlier was uh, complaining about, um, oh, at our vaccine distribution place um, that you don't get a choice of what vaccine you get. You show up, you make an appointment and what they've prepared and what we've gotten on supply. Yeah, what we've got, it's to, to the vaccine distributors and all the people that are involved and it's hundreds of people from the county. Um, it's more important that people get vaccinated quickly than to slow that process down by uh, giving them a choice the day of or by um, uh, causing a greater chance of having leftovers at the end by by preparing a certain number of different vaccines, either Pfizer or Moderna, and then having no-shows because it happens. Um, and so I had a coworker who was complaining about that fact. And I, was, I, and I told them, and this was actually just today, I said, I completely, I see where you're coming from because, you know, it's your body. You want a choice of what's going in there and you're probably reading news articles. I totally understand that. Um, but, and then I told her the reason they don't is because of those two reasons. And, you know, and, and I said, and it's not a great choice, but I do tell people this at the, and I think I mentioned this, that I, I work uh, partially at the, our vaccine distribution place um, to help check people in, but they do have a choice if they show up and what the vaccinators offering isn't what they want. They won't be forced to take it. They can mm -hmm. stop, cancel, and they run the roll the dice again. You know, and I think, 
I think that behavior, what I did and what you did, I think that's perfectly fine. We're just, we're offering that other perspective, you know? And I don't think that's a, I think, I think the key difference between judging and what we did is judging as a level of superiority. And I think what we did is more of like, did you know that other people, this is, we're offering a different perspective. And frankly, it's not even, it's not even, not even ours most of the time. Sometimes it is, but I think it's more of, and frankly, just imagine life, like once again, like a tree, trees don't judge, man. You know what I mean? Like, imagine how simple life is. The thing earlier I said, if it doesn't affect you, don't worry about it. If you can't change it, don't worry about it. I mean, imagine, imagine the nirvana we could live in. You know what I mean? Like, but it's hard, you know? You know what Ted Lasso says about this? What does he say? Ted Lasso says, be curious, not judgmental. I, I'm starting to think that you're getting paid by Apple TV under the, this episode, this episode's brought, this Apple episode is brought to you by Apple TV. Um, but no, to answer your question, I don't think that's a judgmental thing at all. That's a modeling behavior. Yeah. Are you ready for a pause, pause? Let's pause for the pause. <laughs> Welcome to the positivity pause, uh, affectionately called the pause, pause, where Tess and I like to spend a moment thinking about something that we are thankful for and something that we love about ourselves. And of course, we encourage you to play along. Tess, what's something you're thankful for? Something I'm grateful for, uh, real simple, coffee. I just really like coffee. Um, I know you're not a big coffee drinker, um, but I love I love me some coffee. And you know what it is? It's got, it's got the jolt from the caffeine, which you would like if you like the taste of coffee. So it gives you like a little boost of energy if you're feeling a little low and it's also it's warm so it's got that kind of like warm beverage like comfy cozy feeling to it and also coffee has become kind of like a social event at Mm -hmm. the library it's like oh let's all go get coffee let's go get our coffee elizabeth and i have a coffee train that we uh that we do we like chugga 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 all the way into the lounge and then we woo woo go back to our desks with our coffee. <laughs> Man. And uh, I've just been really grateful for just a nice steamy cup of Joe, you know, black uh, midnight n- and a moonless night. <laughs> nothing has made me miss working with you guys more than hearing about that coffee train yeah um, man if you were there you could join you could have it we could have the tea caboose that's what you would be <laughs> it would be the caboose i'd be with the tea i'd be like at the trolley um the thing i'm thankful for is um my friendship with a man named sahadev he is he works at my library um my library has two levels and so upstairs is children's or upstairs is teen and adult and downstairs is children. And so frankly, I don't make my way up there too often. And Sahadev is a great guy. He's one of the teen librarians. And I was in a meeting with him the other day and um, we just gelled really well. And I was like, cause here's the deal. Like, and this was part of my revelation that I keep referencing, but I probably never mentioned on the cast is that I realized that I know, I know Sahadev and me and you Tess and a few other people are the are the we we share some type of similar core that makes it like we recognize those qualities and 
And he's just a really good guy. And I, I rarely get a chance to, to hang out with him. And so I'm thankful for my, and he's a, we keep talking about, so it's, real quick is he's a, he's a, a bald man like me. And there's another bald guy named Troy. And so whenever we happen to be in the same room together, we always make the joke like, okay, the quorum of good looking bald men has started. Let us, let us bring up our efforts. And he's just like a, a good guy, you know? Anyway, that's what I'm thankful for. Now, listener. We would encourage you to take one moment to say something out loud that you are thankful for. And it could be anything under the sun, the moon, or the stars, or beyond. Do you think anyone was like thankful for a nebula that was out there somewhere beyond the stars? If, if uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson was listening. <laughs> People like we're all made of star stuff. Um, what is something you love about yourself, Tess? Oh, um, so right now isn't a really good example, but um, I feel like I've got good hair. It's I think it looks good hair. Yeah, your hair looks good. Thinking about how like being bald is the most handsome thing, but mm-hmm. I did I did my hair earlier today. I like I I like curled it, and then I did like this cute little braid on the side, and I pinned it up with a cute little pin. Um, I put a lot of effort into it for some. I don't know why. I was just like feeling feeling it this morning I just did my hair and I uh while I was at work today you know our friends from the center of life enrichment yeah they were um they were in today and one of them was checking out a bunch of movies and books and and he said he wanted a bag he was there with his helper and he said that he wanted a bag and um so I I Elizabeth had checked him out and then I said oh I'll get a bag for you you want paper or plastic and he said paper and then he looked at his helper and he said, she's really pretty. Ooh. I was like, oh, that's so sweet of you to say. And then I brought the bag out to him. I handed him his bag. And then he looked at his helper and he said, I'm smiling. Oh, it was so cute. And I thought, you know what? There's a reason I did my hair today. It was for that young man. <laughs> that is such a great story. Oh my God. If, if oh, a similar <laughs> if a similar thing happened to me, like I would be over that. Here's the deal. I know this is tangent city. Once when when Elizabeth finished her Lati training, which for listeners, that's like a training that you have to do when you're a librarian in Maryland. And I went to her like training ending session, like the the thing. There was an older lady there. And when I say older, she was probably like 50s, I think, who Elizabeth confided in me said who is your friend he is very cute and to this day i think about it and i just am so happy when i think about it you know honest i don't generally like attention from the male gaze Mm. like i i love attention from my beloved husband whenever he tells me i'm looking cute today that always is like oh thank you but generally flirtations particularly at the library i'm like oh i'm not really interested in that but um, but I will make an exception for today's interaction. That made me feel good. And the really funny thing about my beloved husband is I came home and I said, oh, you've got competition. I got quite the compliment today. And he said, oh, was the center of life enrichment at the library? <laughs> <laughs> 
my god that is so funny he was right <laughs> he was right <laughs> um okay here's stuff i love about myself um I went to, so the, the point of distribution center where they're sending out the vaccines is called the pod. And one day I was at the pod and they said, guess what, Eric, you're a supervisor. And I was like, okay, um, what does that mean? And what do I need to do? And how do I use a radio? And where do I get a radio? And what do I need? What do I do if someone needs an interpreter? And what do I do if someone needs to speak to a supervisor, which by the way is me. And they say, so I had a lot of questions that day, but you know what? It went fine. We had our morning meeting. I saw that those people, even though they, they didn't know, I didn't know what I was doing. They were looking to me for answers. And I did the same thing I did when I first became a manager with my, my very good friend, Elizabeth, whenever she asked a question, I didn't know. I said, I don't know, but I'm going to find out, you know, I'm taking ownership of this. And all at the end of the day, the, the, the day went smoothly. There were a few issues. There was, but I was able to address them. There was one woman who had a really hard time walking and she wasn't put in the, the fast lane essentially. And I, you know what? I took her hand. I said, guess what? You make me a supervisor. I'm going to make some decisions. I said, I'm walking you to the front of the line, sister. We're getting you up there. And anyway, at the end of the day, a couple staff members or, you know, my fellow team members and all that said, I did a great job. They thanked me because also, because I have the personality type that if someone's angry, I put myself in front of my friends. I was like, you can be mad at me. And I think people will, they're going to be real nice to the guy who takes the punches for you. Um, But anyway, and this is going to sound pompous, but we're all about like, we're all about like big up on ourselves. Big up yourself. Yeah. I, I love that. And I can't believe I'm saying this because 10 years ago, I would have never said this. I am a natural born leader. They said, you're in charge. I said, I don't know how I'm doing it. I'm a regular um, Captain James Kirk. I don't know what I'm doing. I got on the seat and I got to tell you, it went smoothly. It went really well. And so that's the thing I love about myself. James Kirk, like of all the enterprise captains, you are definitely. (laughs) I I wish I was Picard, but in my heart, we all know I'm a Kirk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear listeners, now is the time for you to say something that you love about yourself. Go ahead and say it out loud, wherever you are. We dare you. And we sincerely hope that you said something out loud. Because that's the whole point. And your inner self would thank you for it. Um, thank you so much for listening. This has been episode number 62 of the Same Team Y'all podcast. Um, uh, if you have a moment, please take a moment to rate, review, or subscribe to this cast on whatever you're listening to us on. And also our email, we didn't mention it yet today, is sameteamyall at gmail.com. We would love to hear what you are loving, any lessons you've learned, or gasp if you want to issue a cake challenge. And also... Oh, and also our Twitter handle is same team y'all. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Tess, this has been an absolute pleasure. As always. As always. And remember, we love you. And not in a creepy way. <laughs>